The Holy Spirit is a person, just the same as you're a person. He has will, and he has intelligence, and he has feeling, and he has knowledge, and sympathy, and ability to love, and see, and think, and hear, and speak, and desire, and grieve, and rejoice. He is a person, this Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'll send him unto you. The most important thing in the world is that this blessed Holy Spirit is now present here in this church tonight. Good morning, Lincoln Park. How are you guys doing? I hope this wasn't too distracting me dragging that out and trying to get it straight here. No, I am so uh, grateful to be here. Now, when you came in, you found a little piece of chocolate on your chair. And that is thanks to me, I brought that in celebration of Valentine's Day, which is tomorrow. But the bigger celebration is, it's my birthday. And so in celebration of my birthday, on Valentine's Day, you have a little treat there for you. And if you hear anything today, this is what I want you to know. I know there's lots of um, expectations that comes with Valentine's Day, whether you have a relationship with a significant other or not. But I want you to know, and as you eat that sweet treat today, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how you are loved. You are loved. You are loved by our creator. His very image is inside of you, and you are deeply loved right where you are, as you are. I don't know the circumstances of your birth. I don't know what your parents named you, but before you ever had a name, God said you're mine, and you are loved, and I want you to enjoy that. And there's a little sweet treat to remind you of that as well. I am a dessert first kind of person. Anybody else a dessert first kind of person? Come on, I love a sweet treat. I love a sweet treat, and I am a sucker for sweet treats. It's almost like really kind of hard to resist um, any sweet treats, which is why I prefer to just go for dessert first, then we'll fill up on the other stuff later. But I think we all battle temptations of one kind or another. So if it's the sweets table that doesn't get you, maybe it's a sign like this that might get you. Right? You see the gadget, you see the shirt, you see the electronic, you know, it's 70% off. You'd be a fool not to buy it, right? But if that doesn't get you, maybe it's, you know, the uh, Great British Bake Off on Netflix, right? You see the little ticker before the next episode comes and it's on your mark, get set, bake, right? And you're hooked into the next episode that's coming. We all face temptation. And if you think you're good at resisting these temptations, research says you're probably wrong, actually. Dr. Lauren uh, from Northwestern University, he conducted a study, and it revealed that most of us have what's called a restraint bias. It means that we basically kind of overestimate what we think our self-control will be against temptation. And uh, Dr. Nordgren ran a series of tests against some college students. He did some experiments to kind of tempt them on um, just tempting situations like drinking, smoking, eating junk food, uh, missing out on studying. And what he found is those who were kind of most confident in their ability to kind of resist those temptations were the ones most likely to give into it. He said people are not good at anticipating the power of their urges, and those who are the most confident about their self-control are the most likely to give into the temptation. So we all know what it's like to give in to those battles of willpower. 
I'm not sure what particular temptation Paul was talking about, but I think he said the most relatable words whenever we read in the scripture, when he says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. This might be the most relatable words I think Paul said, right? And I think we've all felt that struggle of we don't wanna do what we do and we don't do what we actually wanna do, don't we? We feel that? I mean, we wanna spend time with God, but we don't make time with God. We wanna be kind, but then we still have our angry outbursts. We wanna be healthier, but we continue to overeat. I wanna spend time with my kids, but I continue to scroll on my phone. I just want a cup of Garrett's popcorn, and I ate the whole bag. Anybody else find themselves in that temptation, right? Anyone can relate to these battles that we have. We all do in one way or another. But there is someone who wants to walk with us and lead us into freedom from these battles. And that's the Holy Spirit. We're in the second week of our series called The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a divine person. It's one of the three persons that we find in the Trinity. And um, many of us, the Spirit can be mysterious. I mean, we get God, creator, and we can kind of get our brains around that. We understand Jesus, he walked the earth, and we can understand that. But whenever it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's this mystery, and it's what Francis Chan often talks about, the forgotten God. We're just not sure how to relate to the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? How does it impact me? And so in this series, we're exploring the Holy Spirit. And what is the role that the Holy Spirit has in our life? And today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit uh, wants to help us in our battles of desire. We all face the I don't do what I want to do and I do what I don't want to do kind of battle. It's a real struggle. The late Anthony Bourdain, who sadly died from suicide, um, described this battle this way. He says, look, I understand that inside me is a greedy, gluttonous, lazy hippie. You know, I understand that there's this guy inside of me who wants to lay in bed, smoke all day, watch cartoons and old movies. I could easily do that. My whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. That guy kind of sounds like my teenage son sometimes. But that struggle that he's talking about is real. And, and Paul would call this the craving of the flesh. And the flesh is kind of a word we don't use much around here, particularly in the way the biblical uh, writers use that word. And Paul speaks of the flesh, and he's talking about these kind of natural, kind of self-interest cravings that we all have. Modern philosophers would call that the ego. Modern neurologists would call that the limbic system that we have. These are cravings of our flesh, and they are our strongest desires because they're what drive us to survive. Our drive for food, sex, power, safety, they are hardwired into our body. And we want to satisfy them, and we want to satisfy them now. But here's an important distinction to make. Our strongest desires can become easily twisted, and they are not our deepest desires. They're not what we really need, 
And they're not what we really want. So let me repeat that. Our strongest desires are not our deepest desires. That urge that we feel in the moment. Now you're going to go to a Super Bowl party. Some of you are. Maybe not everybody. But you're going to see the wings and you have a strong urge to eat those wings. I'll contribute to that. How many wings are we going to consume? <laughs> I will be contributing to that. But we see the cake. We see the notification on our phone. We see the fancy cocktail and we have this urge. We have this strong desire for that. But often these strongest desires, they aren't leading us to what we really want and what we really need. Think about it. In that moment, I want to eat that cake. But my deepest desire is to actually be healthy, to make wise choices, to, to steward my body well so I live a long life. I mean, my, I might feel this strong urge to have another drink just to take the edge off. But my deepest desire is to live a life that I don't have to escape from. Our strongest desires can be counterfeit, and they give us just enough satisfaction in the moment, but they don't really meet our deepest longings. And sometimes these strong desires, they're really just a degree or two off from our deepest desires. And so they're so compelling. But just a degree or two off can lead us down that path that's way off course. I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but in 1979 there was a passenger jet that uh, flew from New Zealand to Antarctica for a sightseeing tour. And as it took off, there was just a minor two-degree error on the flight coordinates. And that two-degree error made that plane 28 miles to the east of where it was intended to go. And so as they approached what the pilots thought was Antarctica, what they were really approaching was a volcano that was 12,000 feet in the air. And the plane crashed and killed everyone on board. It was just a minor error, only a few degrees off. And I know that's a dramatic story to share with you, but often our strong desires are just a couple of degrees off. But allowing ourselves to be guided by them on a regular basis, they can be disastrous in our life. It could be just a cookie, just a drink, just a one-minute video. Just one angry outburst. It's just one pill. It's just a website. But you do that over and over again, and pretty soon you've destroyed your health, destroyed a relationship, destroyed your dream, destroyed parts of your soul. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to play a role in our life. It wants to guide us to our deepest desires and move us away from our strongest desires. The Spirit wants to walk with us through our battles, through our battles of the flesh, and lead us to a place of freedom from this battle. That's why Paul uh, shares some of the most important words in Scripture that we read when he talks about our flesh and spirit. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
The Spirit wants us to experience freedom, and we can experience freedom. However, we often kind of think of freedom as doing whatever we want whenever we want to do it. That's really kind of the Western way. If it feels good, just do it. But the irony is that by pursuing our strongest desire, it might initially seem like freedom, but that's what tends to enslave us. And we end up doing what we don't want to do instead of what we really want to do. Have you ever heard of the saying, a ship of fools? There is a famous painting that's um, in the Louvre, and it illustrates kind of this idea behind that phrase, a ship of fools. And this is the painting, and it's like the ship of a dozen people here who are living the life. They're drinking, they're singing, and it's called a ship of fools because at the very top of it, as you can see, that is leading the way is a skull. And so the only pilot on board is leading them to death. So if freedom, this freedom that Paul talks about, isn't about doing what we want to do whenever we want to do it, then what is it? What is this freedom that Paul talks about? Well, Paul goes on to describe this. He says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. True freedom is for love. To be truly free is to be led by the Spirit into a new way of life. We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in our life. And when it leads us in our life, our lives are characterized by love and joy and peace and patience. That's the fruit of the Spirit that we go on to read about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And according to Paul, the Spirit wants to lead us to that. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us away from the bondage of slavery, away from our strongest desires, so we can experience our deepest desires. Desires for love, joy, connection, intimacy, wholeness, purpose. Allowing the Spirit to direct our lives is the opposite of indulging in our urges. In fact, constraint, constraint is a part of experiencing true freedom. We are going to have to say no to some things in order to say yes to the best things. But true freedom releases us from this bondage of our strong desires. It releases us from that and into this flourishing this human flourishing in God's way. The Spirit wants to lead us. The Spirit wants to empower us towards true freedom. Paul says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. These verses that Paul talks about makes it clear that we can live in freedom, but we need the Holy Spirit. A life of freedom isn't something that we accomplish by trying harder and white-knuckling it to kind of resist these strong urges. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to have freedom 
I recently experienced this freedom. Uh, we had the 21 days of prayer and fasting at the very beginning of the year. And uh, we wrapped that up a couple weeks ago. And during that season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I decided to fast from social media. Everybody was like, what are you fasting from? And I was like, I don't know. And social media seemed like a great option. So that's what I picked was social media. And um, I fasted from Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. I'm not a big Twitter person. And I don't know Snapchat or any of those other things. Um, but TikTok's my jam. Like, I am a big fan of that. Um, but I turned off my notifications. I set time limits on my phone so I could just be set up for success for the 21 days. And at the time, I wouldn't admit that I thought somehow social media was uh, a problem in my life. Um, it seems like a pretty benign thing. It's not like drugs or alcohol or pornography or anything like that. Um, but man, after a day, I noticed that strong urge that I had going for my phone. I was appalled. I was like, wow, I had no idea. And, and I was resisting the urge to pick up the phone, you know, but then I would find myself doing what I don't want to do, what Paul was talking about, doing what I don't want to do. And that time limit that I had on there was just enough of a pause for me to think about what I was doing and put my phone down. There's an author and researcher, his name is Jay Stringer, and he shared this story about a friend of his who is um, a diver and he takes pictures of sharks, but he doesn't have any protective gear. And Jay is like, how can you go in there and take pictures of these sharks without protective gear? And um, the guy said, you know, whenever a shark swims towards me, I just swim right towards it. If you try to run away from that shark, that shark is gonna pursue you. But if you confront it, it'll swim away because it's just not used to that. And therapist uh, Jay said, that's how we need to confront our urges. We can sit there and resist them, but they're going to persist. But if we turn towards them and get curious about that urge, that's when we discover what's really going on. And so that's what I did. As I had that urge to grab my phone, and, and the time limit that I had gave me just enough pause to invite the Holy Spirit in and ask, what do I really want. This is a strong urge, this is a strong desire, but what is my deep desire behind this? And the Holy Spirit began to show me that I was using my phone to self-soothe when I was bored, to avoid a hard conversation with my husband, to uh, not deal with the awkwardness of talking to my teenage sons. Um, I used it to procrastinate a tough task at work. But another thing that the Holy Spirit helped me do is it helped me have, um, it empowered me to have that awkward conversation with my teenage sons. And they were like, why are you talking to me? Why are you so interested in my day? But I began to engage with them because I was there. I had that challenging conversation with my husband and it led to our relationship flourishing. I avoided those hard things at work. I was way more productive. I had more energy. My relationships were flourishing. I had more love, more joy, more peace, more patience. The fruit of the Spirit was really evident in my life. And even though the 21 days of prayer and fasting are up, I still have those limits on my phone because it gives me just enough pause to say, what do I really want? What do I really need? And here's the thing, I'm not anti-social media. I posted on Facebook yesterday, so you can go find it. So I'm still doing that, but it gives me a pause to think, I don't, I don't feel like I'm enslaved to the urge anymore. I can mindfully make a choice 
And I felt like I have freedom in that. And that's what it looks like to live by the Spirit in those daily battles of the desires that we have, from the strongest desires to really help us identify what are those deep desires that we have. It's about following the Spirit, allowing it to lead us in the way of Jesus into every area of our life. Now, I know the stakes may not seem very high when it comes to social media, but there are things in our life that have strong desires in us when the stakes are much higher. I want you to listen to the story from a friend of mine. Uh, Her name is Dana. Uh, She's from our Plainfield location, and this is what she has to say about her story. My name is Dana, and I started attending community with my dad, Terry, and my son, Finn, almost four years ago. When I started coming to community, I was I was probably a daily drinker. You know, I would go to work and, you know, take care of my son, get him from daycare, and, you know, I always had wine in the fridge. I was like my security blanket, and um, it's like all day I couldn't wait till I could just have a drink, just have a glass of wine, then I could be okay, you know, because everything was so overwhelming for me all the time. And because I tried, you know, a lot of people who struggle with addiction, they try so hard to, to fix themselves. And I, in the more, it's like a vicious cycle where, okay, I'm not gonna do that again. And then go have a couple days, and then all of a sudden before I know it, I'm, I'm right back where I was. And that pattern just causes such shame and guilt and hopelessness, like it's never gonna get better. And the, the thing I needed more than anything was the very thing that I was completely um, turning down, like I didn't think it would work, which was church and God and, that's when I went to the small group and I walked in uh, Plainfield and there was, it was in the green room behind the stage and there was three people and they were completely different, you know, different ages and stuff. And I walked in and they were all just so nice. They didn't think I was crazy. Like I was saying crazy things like, you know, well, I do this and and sometimes, you know, I'm thinking this and, and they're, they're just like nodding their heads and just nodding like, mm-hmm. And, but they weren't drinking anymore. Every day, um, I had suggestions to do. You know, in the morning, I wake up and I ask God for the for help. Ask God for the power to not pick up a drink. I would try to make a meeting of some sort, whether it was my small group or um, a meeting outside of church. And then, if I didn't drink at night, tell God thank you. That was another. It was a whole new concept. Was God, your will be done. That was a completely new concept to me because um, it was just giving up control. I don't know when it happened, it was a few months in maybe, but one day I realized, I don't remember the last time I thought about drinking. I felt like, I always joke that, I felt like I was like George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life, or you know, or Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, like I was like, oh my gosh! Like, and that's when I knew, oh my gosh, miracles happen, because I honestly thought I was gonna want to drink for the rest of my life. That's the freedom of the Holy Spirit, is that I'm able to do things that I never thought I could do on my own. Whether it's staying sober, or um, being a single mom, or going back to school um, to be a nurse, <laughs> and have a job, and, and um, forgive people that I thought I could, that didn't apologize. Like, you know, I, I can do that today. That's, that's freedom. I don't have resentments anymore. I don't have secrets anymore. The one thing I never, treated and I never thought to um, address was my spirit, you know, my soul. And that was the thing that was gone, it was dead. 
I, you know, I didn't know who I was. And um, that's, that's what I feel like has been restored. It sounds silly, but like I know who I am today. I want to give us a moment to engage with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be mysterious. Um, I think it's not um, a magical thing. It, it really requires a relationship because the Holy Spirit is a person. And so, and the Holy Spirit works in the present, like right here, right now. Um, scripture says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's not about trying to reach out and grab the Holy Spirit as much as it is to be still and quiet enough so we experience the Holy Spirit within us. And so I want you to get comfortable where you are. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So if you want to write some things down through uh, your cell phone, you can do that if that's helpful for you. But just get comfortable with where you are and just really physically arrive in this space. Feel yourself in the chair, feel your feet on the ground. Um, if you want to close your eyes, you can, but take a deep breath and just be present right here. Feel the breeze, hear the music, feel your feet on the ground, feel yourself sitting in the chair. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are those strong desires you have in your life? What are those strong urges? And I am confident that some of you knew immediately what they are. And maybe for some of us, we have to just allow the Holy Spirit to bring to mind what are those strong desires in my life right now? What are those strong desires that are bringing me immediate satisfaction but not fulfillment? And as you think about those strong desires, I want you to just kind of shift your perspective and just invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are your deep, deepest desires? What do you really want? What do you really need? Is it peace? Is it healing? Is it connection? Acceptance? The Holy Spirit is for you and always, always working for your good. This is a simple practice you can do. It takes less than a minute or two a day. Um, like I said, those pauses that I put on my cell phone allowed me to do that with that urge and just kind of invite the Holy Spirit in. Creator God, thank you so much for your son Jesus. How he walked this earth showed us how to find our way back to you. Showed us what the power of the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. We thank you for his uh, forgiveness. We thank you for his grace. But we thank you for the Holy Spirit that he sent to empower us to be who you created us to be. May we walk in step with that spirit in every area of our life, empowered by your love. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.